this backs up the idea as well that there are no new revelations. All little revelations that we have in our personal lives, they are congruent with Scripture. If you have found that you feel you're having uh, an incredible revelation that contradicts the Word of God, that's not an incredible revelation. The truth of the matter is, ever since we entered into the New Covenant... What is up, everybody? Welcome back to An Average Account of Exceptional Things. My name is Chandler, and I'm your host. Thanks for joining us today. So as always, before we hop into the episode, we have a little bit of housekeeping. You may have noticed that this episode is one day late. So why is that? Well, this Monday was Labor Day, which means that for most of us, the work week started one day late, and as a result, the show is also airing one day late from the typical release day. I felt that this was probably an appropriate choice since, for a lot of people, this Tuesday was basically a Monday, and I don't like coming to you all on what's going to feel a lot like a Monday. And so as a result, here we are with this week's episode releasing on Wednesday morning. Now, this episode, as you can probably see from the title, is about listening to the Holy Spirit. And I think that this is a topic that is so important to Christians from all backgrounds and in all stages of their spiritual walk. For me, it's also the kind of question that I struggle with the most because it can be very difficult to quantify. Here's what I mean by that. Don't steal or don't murder. To me, I find that these are pretty easy to define, and it isn't hard to know if you're following those commandments or not. Did I take something that didn't belong to me? No, then I didn't steal. So again, for topics like those, I find that it's often a lot easier to evaluate those things. And not only that, we're more often conditioned to think about them, because they're very physical, tangible, and measurable to us. This, on the other hand, maybe not so much. Now I will say, this episode is inspired by a lesson that I heard about a year, maybe two years ago now, on a Wednesday night, where we talked heavily about this topic, and it was very helpful to me. This was part of a series that this particular man was doing where people would write in anonymously with questions about the faith that they hoped to have answered, and he would provide scripture and lessons to answer those questions. And for me, this was one of my favorites of the entire series. So you know who you are. If you end up listening to this episode, thank you so much, and just know that Your words meant a lot to me, and I'm sure they meant a lot to other people as well. So for that reason, I want to go ahead and preface this by saying the episode was inspired by that lesson, and so when they do appear, I'm going to do my best to present some of those points in a manner that is helpful and easily understood to you, so that hopefully lots of other people can get the blessing out of these verses that I got. So the main chunk of verses that I want to start out with today is going to be out of John chapter 16. It's going to be verses 5 through 15. I did not say these things to you from the beginning, because I was with you. But now I am going to him who sent me. And none of you asks me, where are you going? 
but because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father, and you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot hear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. So I think that this is an incredible passage from Scripture with Jesus speaking about the Holy Spirit. And I wanted to go ahead and read this up front to give us a little bit of a foundation going into this discussion. So the first big question that I want to ask and answer here is what do I mean by the Holy Spirit? Well, the Holy Spirit is a part of the Trinity, which makes up God. For a lot of listeners, this may be a review of sorts, but I still think it's incredibly helpful. So the Trinity, it's the Father, the Son, which is Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. You'll also hear some people refer to him as the Holy Ghost, and these are interchangeable. Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost, same thing. Now, you may have just heard me say some people refer to him as the Holy Ghost. That was not a slip of the tongue. Uh, The Spirit is a he. The Spirit is not a force. The Spirit is not the force for any Star Wars fans out there. He's not a feeling, and he is not an emotion. And this is a point that the gentleman who presented this lesson brought up, and it really stuck with me. The Holy Spirit, as a part of the Trinity, is a person. Maybe person is not the best word, but I think it communicates the point. Maybe entity would be a better choice of words. The point is, we can view the Spirit much in the same way that we would think of God the Father or Christ the Son. You'll hear me refer to the Holy Spirit in the same manner as I would a person for that reason. And I think that this is an important point to bring up and to bear in mind. There's nothing mystical, magical, or nebulous about the Holy Spirit. Often we may default to that perception or that school of thought because it can be a bit difficult to wrap our minds around. But it's not a correct approach, and I've found that personally, it can also serve as a stumbling block when approaching my own relationship with God. Because, once again, the Spirit is within the Holy Trinity. So now that we have a better idea of who the Holy Spirit is, and you kind of understand what I mean when I use the words Holy Spirit, I want to move on to our next discussion question. How can we better listen to the Holy Spirit in our lives? Now this is kind of the million dollar question, so to speak, and I thought that there were some very good points raised during that discussion, and I would like to present some of those here. And I will say, these are my favorite manner of discussion points, because they are very applicable, getting to the point, take it into your daily walk, and put it into practice 
kind of points. And the first one is be aware of his presence. Here's something that, that I've heard said, and it was incredibly, incredibly insightful, I felt. The spirit inside of us is even better than Jesus beside us. You know, I think often, uh, particularly for those of us who are, are Christians, we think, man, it would be so awesome if I could have been there, if I could meet Jesus. People say, well, where would you go if you had a time machine? And kind of the Sunday school answer, so to speak, is, well, I would go back and meet Jesus. But the truth is that we are so incredibly blessed for Christians to have that Holy Spirit dwelling within us. And I wish that I could take credit for that incredibly powerful statement that I just shared with you, but I can't. But I think that it's very helpful to cultivate that awareness throughout the day. And this is another practical piece of advice that was brought into discussion. Like I mentioned just a moment ago, for Christians, the Holy Spirit dwells within us, which means that he is always present in every moment. And so I think turning up the tuning knobs of awareness to his presence is something that we can make into a lifestyle. You know, I think often we've heard about people dieting. There are all sorts of dieting fads in the modern world. There's keto, there's Atkins, there's the yo-yo dieting that I think has kind of come and gone by now. But ultimately, what most people say is, no, it's not about going on a diet. It's about having a lifestyle change. You change your lifestyle to be a healthy lifestyle. And I feel like we can apply that sort of mentality in this context. We can make it a lifestyle of awareness to the Holy Spirit. And one tactic for this is to reduce the distractions that pull our attention away. One way that a lot of people have found is helpful when pursuing this is to set aside quiet time. The first time that I heard anyone talk about having quiet time, setting aside some quiet time, whether it was for prayer or scripture reading, to sit and meditate on God's word. And the first time I heard this, I kind of thought to myself, in hindsight, a little bit arrogantly, oh, quiet time. Yeah, who needs that? You know, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna sit around being quiet. You know, I I want to take time to read the word, uh, but it seems almost a little ridiculous to me to just sit there and be quiet and be present with God. I'm present with God all the time. I will tell you from personal experience. If you've never tried it, give it a try. It's been so incredibly impactful in my own spiritual walk and I think that it's something that can be helpful for a lot of us particularly in a modern age where we have notifications and emails going by us constantly all day every day we are bombarded with stimuli and so just taking that time to slow down to be present in the moment with God can be incredibly helpful, not only in general to cultivating a relationship with the Lord, but also in this sense of making ourselves more aware of the Holy Spirit's presence. Now, the second point that was brought up in this discussion was it's helpful to be attentive to God's Word. 
the Spirit acts in accordance with what God has already laid out. And this is something that I feel very passionate about. God gave us his word for a reason. He will not lead us down a path that contradicts that, that contradicts Scripture. But don't take my word for it. Take God's word for it. We can see this in Matthew chapter 5, verse 17. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. This is Jesus speaking during the Sermon on the Mount. And this backs up the idea as well that there are no new revelations. All little revelations that we have in our personal lives They are congruent with Scripture. If you have found that you feel you're having uh, an incredible revelation that contradicts the Word of God, that's not an incredible revelation. The truth of the matter is, ever since we entered into the New Covenant that we can read about in the New Testament, fundamentally, our relationship on a human-to-God level has been the same. The world has changed a lot, but things that were a sin are still a sin. Things that glorified God then still glorify God now. The only thing that's changed is the physical setting that we see around us. And this leads us right into the third point that was brought up, and it's the importance of recognizing how he works. And when I say he, I'm referring here to the Holy Spirit. And there are a number of questions that you can ask as sort of a litmus test of whether or not, when you feel led a certain way, is this the Holy Spirit leading me? And this is really helpful because, again, we are bombarded with stimuli now, maybe more than ever. And so it's so important to tune out all of the noise so that we can fully engage and keep our ears open for what the Spirit has for us. And so the first question here is, does it agree with Scripture? I think that we just discussed that pretty heavily, but once again, if you feel that God is leading you to do something that contradicts Scripture, I will offer this. Something may be pulling you in that direction, but it's not the Lord. God's character is unchanging. We've talked about this on the podcast before, but it's worth mentioning again. Because God's character is unchanging, God will not lead you in a path that contradicts Scripture. The second question is, is it just emotions or sinful flesh? Here I want to reference Galatians chapter 5, verses 16-21. through 21. But I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, 
and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's very plainly stated here, not only some examples of the works of the flesh, but also the contradiction between the direction of the Spirit and the direction that our flesh wants to lead us. And so again, I will raise the point. If you feel like you're being led by the Spirit in a direction that is contradictory to Scripture, to what is clearly defined in the Word of God, then it may be emotion, it may be lust or anger leading you in that way, but we can be sure that it's not the Spirit. The next question is, does it glorify Jesus and point to the gospel? Now, based on the previous passage, I would say that this goes hand in hand with the question of whether or not this is just emotions or sinful flesh, because chances are, if this is the result of emotions or sinful flesh, it does not glorify Jesus and point to the gospel. And for that reason, I think that these two questions make an excellent pair. The fourth question, does it line up with the fruits of the Spirit? For anyone who may want a little refresher about what the fruits of the Spirit are, we'll actually just continue on in Galatians chapter 5, this time going on with verses 22 through 25. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. And the final question here, do other mature Christians affirm it? Now, I feel that this one can be incredibly impactful and powerful for us because we can hear physically spoken if someone affirms what we're feeling or the direction that we're considering going. However, it's also very important to make sure that we are meeting the criteria of this question. Do other mature Christians affirm it? Not, do other people affirm it? Trust me, you can find anyone to affirm anything that you want to do. If you can't find them in person, you can definitely find them on all corners of the internet. This is about having quality fellowship with other believers. And I think that this speaks once again to the power of fellowship, as referenced a bit more in our Armor of God episode on the Shield of Faith, and how... Christians can help raise up and strengthen fellow Christians. And this is also why I think that it's so incredibly important and helpful, if you are a Christian or if you're not a Christian, to find a church, get involved, and find a community there of believers who can encourage and support you during your walk. But you may be asking yourself, so we've talked about these practical methods that we can implement to help us listen to the Holy Spirit. But why does that even matter? How does listening to the Spirit help us in our daily walks? I don't blame you for asking that question. In fact, 
I asked the very same question to myself when I was writing the outline for this episode. Well, like we've already discussed some, being diligent in listening to the Spirit is fundamental to pursuing a close relationship with the Lord and walking in step with His will. So I think that's an important point to get out of the way right at the beginning. But the more you consider it, this is also sort of a loaded question, because it's like asking, how does God help in our daily walks? Well, actually, I suppose it's literally asking that question, thinking back to earlier in the episode when we discussed the Holy Spirit as part of the Trinity. So, rather than trying to give every answer to this question, which I could never possibly do, I want to instead share one of my favorite ways that the Holy Spirit helps me in my personal daily walk. He comforts me. We can see this in Romans chapter 8, verses 13 through 17. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. It says it very plainly there, and these verses as well serve as a comfort to me during hard times. We did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. And so in that way specifically, I find that when I'm facing a fear in my life, I can turn to the Holy Spirit as a comforter. There's such a comforting presence when you have the Holy Spirit dwelling within your heart. He provides peace when everything in life is marked with turmoil, and he consoles us when we feel alone. So as we come towards the close of the episode, I want to offer you this. It's not quite the same as my typical closing remarks, but I hope that you'll enjoy it nonetheless. A short time ago, I got the chance to help out with a little creative endeavor at a local church. We prepared a skit to talk about the Holy Spirit and the way that the Holy Spirit serves as a comforter. Now, I won't get too far into the details of the skit, and I certainly won't take the time to try to recite all of those lines from memory, because I couldn't if I tried. But what's so amusing and and entertaining about this particular skit is that the man who came up with it based it, I will say, very, one more time, very loosely on an old Ray Stevens song known as The Streak. And for anyone who has heard The Streak, you probably fell out of your seat laughing right now. Now again, it was heavily modified And I will say that rather than focusing on the Action News reporter's general target, it instead focused on the Holy Spirit and the way that he enters into our lives and comforts us. 
But now you all can have a little something to help you remember that the Holy Spirit comforts us when times are hard. And maybe you even got a laugh out of it too. So with all that said, I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode of An Average Account of Exceptional Things. And until next time, encourage one another, love your enemies, and count your blessings. Thank mm-hmm. you.